Hello, I'm Pastor Scott Seeke from Amazing Grace Lutheran Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Thank you for downloading this week's sermon. Please visit tisgrace.org to learn more about our church. Enjoy. About two weeks after I got on campus at Syracuse for my freshman year, I got a knock on the door, which was very exciting because I didn't really know anybody. Uh, and moved there, and I knew one guy, and he was from my high school, and we didn't even know each other very well. His name was, well, we called him Biff Reedy. Um, he lived on the whole floor. They all called each other Biff. It was college, what do you expect? We got to know each other well, but it wasn't him. It was these other people that I'd never met before. And they said, we'd like to talk to you about Jesus Christ. And I was like, yes! Because, because... As a teenager, my faith had been very important to me. Church was, my, my relationships that I had with other people through my faith were the most important relationships I had. And I'd wondered when I was going to college, what would happen with that? You know what I mean? Like, was I going to find a church? Was I going to find the campus ministry? I just didn't know. So here these people came to my door, right? And I was like, this is fantastic. Come on in. So they sat down and they said, uh, we wanted to ask you if you've been saved. I said, yes, <laughs> this is going great. And they said, well, when? I looked at them and I was like, well, 2,000 years ago, <laughs> duh. Okay. So they reached into their whatever they had and they pulled out a pamphlet and then proceeded to explain to me how I was wrong and I was not saved because I had not accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior and done all these 15 other things. And I was like, well, you're wrong because I've been a Christian my whole life and I know how this works and that's not how it works. And they were like, no, you're wrong. And I was like, no, you're wrong. And, and I had to kick him out <laughs> after like an hour and a half because they wouldn't leave. And they were like, well you know, we're concerned about your eternal life. And I was like, look, I'm concerned about your earthly life. <laughs> so, you know, out you go. That was not the first time I had a conversation about salvation with an Anabaptist. Is that a word you've heard before? Anabaptist? You've heard it? Some of you have heard it? You've heard it before? Okay, so Anabaptist... It's an old word. Uh, it's actually from the time of Martin Luther. And today we're beginning our series on Luther's five favorite verses, and we're beginning with the verse that really launched the Reformation. And uh, we have it on the screen here. It's the next slide. So Art, if you wouldn't mind bouncing it ahead one. This is the, the verse that really launched the Reformation and, and changed Martin Luther's perspective on salvation. And at the time of Luther, there were Anabaptists. Uh, Anabaptist, the word literally, if you translate it, means re-baptize. They were people who, at the time, rejected infant baptism and said, no, 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 you have to be an adult, and you have to accept Jesus Christ. They didn't quite say it the way we do now, but you had to accept Jesus Christ as an adult. What people would say now, of course, is as your personal Lord and Savior, which I know is a phrase that all of you have heard before at some point in your life. That was going on back then. It was a new phenomenon. Uh, what Luther was reacting to more 
was what the practice in the Catholic Church, which was the belief that you could, they wouldn't quite say it was exactly this way, but the way it worked was you could basically buy your way into heaven. And there were three ways that people did that. They did that through pilgrimages, kind of like the, the, uh, the tradition today of the five pillars of Islam, where Muslim folks were going to pilgrimage to Mecca as one of their one of their pillars of their faith. Well, it was believed that if you went on a holy pilgrimage, that you got into heaven faster. And it was believed that if you touched certain holy relics, that you got into heaven faster. Less time in purgatory. And it was believed that if you got an indulgence from the church, that that would forgive some of your sins and you would get out of prison and get into heaven faster. And there were all these people along the way at each of these things who found ways to make it convenient for you if you just gave them some money, right? Because here's the holy relic. Well, somebody's got to protect the relic. Somebody's got to take care of the relic. Somebody's got to make sure that the relic is safe. So we're just going to charge you some money for that. And if you're going on a pilgrimage, well, pilgrimages are far away. Need some place to sleep. Need some comments. We'll just charge money for that. And the indulgences... I don't know really what the justification was there. They had to be written on paper. You know, I don't know what the justification was, but they would charge money for that too. And it became a big business. Luther was like, you know, when you boil this down to brass tacks, the way that that works is people are having to do things to get salvation. And Luther was, a lot of people don't realize this, he was a Bible scholar. He was not primarily a theologian or a preacher or even a writer. He was, 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 again, if you boil it down, he was a Bible scholar. His job was to teach people the Bible. And he read this verse here, which the end of it, the final line, which reads, it is through faith that a righteous person has life, is also from the Habakkuk reading that we heard. That is where that originates in the Old Testament. He read that, and he went, wait a minute, this is nuts. This is not the way that God works. It is faith that gives us eternal life, and not anything that we do. Which, again, for the Roman Catholics at the time, they were like, oh, that's not right, because it just upset the whole apple cart. And the Anabaptists... We're like, no, 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 that's not right, because you have to you know, confess Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Well, if you look in the Bible for the words personal Lord and Savior, you won't find them. It's actually not there. It's just not there. Um, there is a, a quote in the Bible that you, could, you can read, which says that those who confess with their lips that Jesus Christ is Lord will be saved which is a true thing, and we all believe that. But, uh, you know, you can get into amazing grace through the red doors. That's a true statement. Are the red doors the only way to get into amazing grace? There's a door right there. You can come in that door. You can come in the side door. You can come in that door. There's lots of different ways. It, doesn't, it just doesn't say what those Anabaptist folks want it to say. It's just, it's just not there. And when you read one of these pamphlets, you start getting really confused because it all doesn't add up. Good luck convincing them of that, of course. I'm not, it's not a conversation I recommend that you have. Uh, but nonetheless, it doesn't hold up 
because the Bible just doesn't say it. And Martin Luther knew that. And so he concluded, and he taught, and he preached, that salvation comes through faith. That the way we get to heaven is through faith, and that's it. And as he went through his career and his life, and he thought about this even more, he came to realize just how small of a role that we actually play in our own salvation. Um, And I'll read this for you. This is a copy of Luther's Small Catechism. Some of you might have read this before at some point in your life, perhaps as a child when you were uh, in confirmation. And this is what he wrote. Now, the irony, by the way, of the Small Catechism is that Martin Luther wrote it for parents to teach their children faith at home And what we do, of course, is we bring them here and we teach them the catechism in a program, which is the exact opposite of why he wrote it. That's a separate soapbox. I'll get on that one later. In his explanation to the third part of the Apostles' Creed, which is the part about the Holy Spirit, he he writes this. I believe that I cannot, by my own understanding or effort, believe in Jesus Christ or come to him. I cannot, by my own understanding or effort, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, and sanctified and kept me in true faith. And Luther would even go so far as to say that, well, you know, I'm able to read God's word and and come to faith through that, but where did my eyes come from? Where did my brain come from? Where did the people who helped me to have faith come from. He would say that it is so much a gift of God that we can barely even take any credit at all. Now, would he say that you don't need faith to get into heaven? I don't, Luther never said that. He could never get there. He believed that there was a hell and some people were in it who lacked faith. But the role that we play in our own salvation is so small. Jesus did all the work God did all the work, sending the Holy Spirit, giving us minds and eyes and ears and hearts, and all that comes from God. That salvation really is a gift of God's grace. And that's what Luther believed, and that's what we taught. That's what he taught, and that's what we believe. And that's what we teach in this place, where so many people have a different understanding. And so many people have been turned off by that message that is being preached. There are so many people who need to hear this, who need to hear the Lutheran message of salvation, who need to know that we are saved by God's grace through faith. That's part of what it means to be Lutheran. That's what we're celebrating in this 500th anniversary of the Reformation. God loves you. So do I. Amen.